Hi, for the Landscape Ontario podcast, I'm Scott Barber. Today, I'm joined by Peter Ganane. He's the CEO of Oriole Landscaping. Peter is one of the most dedicated volunteers with Landscape Ontario. He's on the provincial board, part of the contractor sector group. He's been a huge part of the COVID-19 task force, and he's found time to give back to the Ello Garden Makeover campaign, as well as the Green Cities Foundation, Green My City project at St. Matthew's House in Hamilton. All this while running a successful design and build company in Toronto, alongside his longtime business partner, George Rivari. How does he do it? And why is it so important to him to give back to both the association as well as charitable initiatives? That's coming up next. The Horticulture Technician Apprenticeship Program is a post-secondary education and skills development program recognized as a Red Seal trade in Canada. It's aimed at employers who have employees who want to make horticulture and landscaping their career. Earn while you learn. Attend an info session to know more at horticulturetechnician.ca slash events. So Peter, uh, could you tell us about yourself and uh, how you got started in landscaping? Thanks, Scott. Uh, well, I got, uh, I was lucky enough, like many in our industry, uh, I needed a summer job while at school. And my neighbor at the time had the idea of landscaping. So uh, interestingly enough, uh, we are still business partners. And that was 35 years ago. And saying it out loud makes me feel old, but I've known George Irvari uh, for over 50 years now. That, that is kind of wild, uh, thinking about that and, and how that, that partnership has, has uh, thrived for <laughs> 35 years, as you said. And, and obviously, you knew him as, uh, as childhood friends, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. We, we went to different schools growing up, but, uh, you know, we still hung out the neighborhood kids and played basketball in my driveway. And, uh, you know, I mean, this is not what I expected. Uh, I mean, my passion was always in design and I thought I was going to be an architect building skyscrapers uh, when I was a kid. And, uh, but once I had a taste of horticulture, uh, I realized living architecture, it, you know, of the gardens was a greater design challenge and a greater reward, I think, for my, you know, my psyche, my inner self. Tell us about Oriole. Um, obviously, it's been, it's been, as you said, 35 years uh, with George. Uh, tell us about uh, your, your business. Sure. Yeah, we, uh, it was a lot of fun at the beginning. We didn't know what we were doing. We just knocked on our neighbor's doors and we did odd jobs building garden beds, doing some maintenance, trimming hedges, cutting trees. Um, you know, we had no fear we people asked if we could do something and we'd say yes. And then we'd figure out how to do it. The first tree we cut down, we got the job before we owned the chainsaw. So we went out and we bought a chainsaw, you know, and uh, that's how it was at the beginning. We were just, uh, you know, that hubris of youth perhaps. Um, but it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Like we just, we just loved the, 
you know, the excitement and, and people kept paying us. So, you know, didn't make a lot of money per hour. And I reflect on it. It was, you know, we were, we were slaves to the business, but, uh, but we were having a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously it's, uh, it's worked out and, and you guys are based in, based in Toronto and what kind of work do you do? So we, we did in the beginning and we continue to do mostly design build for residential customers. Um, we do a lot of commercial work now as well, just because our capacity and our capabilities have grown over the years and the customers we work for, the architects we work for, they have specific requirements on some commercial projects. So they ask us to bid on those and to, uh, uh, and we've won a lot of them. Uh, we try not to be an inexpensive commodity. Uh, we want to do a high quality, high service uh, product. And uh, so we'll lose jobs if it's customers are hiring on price, but, uh, but there's been no shortage of work for us. So we continue to do high-end design build and, uh, and as long as you are responsive to your customers, if you show up when you say you're going to show up, you do what you say you're going to do, and uh, you're going to keep getting called. And I think the key is that you have to you have to respond. You know, nobody's perfect. We've made mistakes. You have to own up to your mistakes. You have to fix something if it didn't go properly. And clients will respect you for that. And uh, and that has served us very well over the years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And have you, I mean, anecdotally, I hear a lot that, um, you know, there's been uh, even more demand just in this last year and a half, two years of uh, the COVID pandemic. Is that something you guys have experienced that uh, demand for landscaping and, and horticulture services? Uh, well, yeah, it has been apparent that, you know, having an outdoor space, having a green space, is critical to your physical and mental well-being and uh, and having people locked up at home has put them in the position where they now look around and they see what they're missing in their life and in their their own space it is uh, and then it's I mean it's just compounded I guess with the lack of travel People have a bit more disposable income as well. So instead of that $8,000 trip to the Caribbean in the winter, they're going to spend some money on getting that, uh, you know, the pond or the cabana that they wanted, you know, the, the nice, the, the cook station, the, the smoker and the, and yeah, the, the vacation at, at home. The barbecue, yeah. So, and hopefully, yeah, hopefully, hopefully that, that uh, sort of cultural or mental shifts phase so obviously it uh, uh you know it's been a really challenging difficult time but maybe one um silver lining i guess is that people will uh you know see the value uh even more in their outdoor spaces and, and investing in their homes and their properties and uh and and more most importantly you know spending time outside uh with their family and and uh hopefully maybe that's something that comes out of it well, it, it has been, like like I said earlier, it's been 35 years. And 35 years ago when I started, landscaping was more of a do-it-yourselfer kind of uh, activity. And there were very few 
landscaped properties in Toronto. There were a lot of patio slab walkways, you know, lining up right to the front porch and they had a concrete front porch and they had some junipers on either side of the porch. And that was, that was probably 90% of Toronto's landscapes. Um, so, uh, you know, HGTV maybe started that do it yourself for a trend, but people started seeing the value, the curb appeal value. And it has, it has changed tremendously over the last 30 years. And, uh, and this is just one more step, I think on that growth of our society as a, as a, uh, you know, a society that understands and values the horticulture that we live amongst. Yeah, I certainly hope so. And I, and I totally agree. So I want to ask you, um, how did you, how did you first get involved with Landscape Ontario? So I, George and I worked probably for eight years with our head down and, you know, bouncing from client to client. And uh, we just, you know, we didn't have any clue of what was going on in, you know, beyond our company, we were running like a, like, ostriches with our heads in the sand um we did we did know we wanted to do high-end work like we always looked at those you know expensive houses and and expensive landscapes and say oh i wish we could get some of those contracts and uh so we participated in a pool and patio show i think it was 1994 maybe 93 and it was at that show i got an exposure to other landscape companies working alongside of us to build this show. And the two that stand out for me were uh, Jurgen Partridge and Park Lane Nurseries. They both had displays in that show. And I was blown away by the skill of their workers, the quality of the design and the construction. And it, and it just, it forced me to push my game to the next level. And uh, we participated in the home show the following year. And it was 1996 when the first Canada Blooms was proposed that I knew I had to be in with that group of landscapers. If I wanted to be at the top of landscape design build in Toronto, I had to play with the big boys. And, uh, and you had to be a member of Landscape Ontario to be a participant in that show and you had to have a winning design. There were a lot of applications for that show. So we partnered with a landscape architect for that first show and we're lucky enough to get into that show. And, uh, and as members of landscape Ontario at that point, we, you know, it was just a snowball effect of meeting more and more companies participating in the chapter events, uh, the, you know, the, socials uh it was you know we started doing winter workshops it was uh yeah it was really just a snowball effect of, of all the benefits of being part of landscape ontario mm-hmm. so that's that's sort of the benefit side what 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 uh why is it important to you to contribute to to give back to the association well it is uh at these events i you know Tony D. Giovanni always talks about the meeting before the meeting or the meeting after the meeting. And it's, and that's all the networking you do with other, you know, professionals at these events. 
And I was always happy to share what little knowledge and experience I had. Because for every gift you give somebody with, you know, some some idea or improvement or experience that you had, you always get twice as much back in return at these events. And uh, and I, it just became this, you know, insatiable uh, learning experience participating at Landscape Ontario. And uh, eventually, George and I each participated on committees and boards at Landscape Ontario. Um, we've also taught workshops. We've actually started, you know, giving back more directly in that sense. And, uh, and being part of the Landscape Ontario board and being on the contractors commodity group, I'm at the cutting edge of skill development, product development, uh, safety training, government policy, you know, supplier networking. You know, I get all new products that come out they present it to us at Landscape Ontario to try to get it out to the membership. I mean, I'm now, you know, I'm getting that stuff first. So it's actually a real benefit to my company if I can donate some of my time to Landscape Ontario. And then of course, over the last 18 plus months, 20 months, uh, who can, who can count at this point? Uh, you've been part of LO's COVID-19 task force. Uh, can you tell us, you know, what that's, that experience has been like? Well, it was, uh, it was, it's been great, but when it started, it was terrifying. And, uh, and, uh, you know, we had no idea where the pandemic was going to go. We had no idea what the health risks were, you know, it was, there were a lot of questions. So, you know, the severe lockdowns kicked in and I had no idea if my business would survive if my family would be safe, like these were huge, huge question marks. And, uh, you know, and it breeds a lot of anxiety in you and in your staff. So again, the best way to, to get the information as quickly as possible was to be on the committee whose mandate it was to get that information. And uh, it turned out better, obviously, for our individual companies, because, uh, you know, the staff at Landscape Ontario immediately pivoted as a resource to collect information from the government, leveraging all their government contacts, presenting that information in real time to the membership of Landscape Ontario. And by communicating these safe work policies. They were able to leverage their government contacts to get our industry open first among all industries after the lockdowns in the spring of 2020. And uh, so it's been, you know, it's been fantastic, wildly successful, more successful than I had imagined. And, and, uh, and I mean, I have to give a shout out to Alan White, who championed the creation of the task force and Dave Wright, the president of Landscape Ontario, with further leadership, uh, directing the LO staff. And uh, it was just, it was so effective. Uh, it's been a tremendous honor to be part of that group. And, and one of the uh, initiatives um, of the task force, uh, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think that the kernel of the idea actually uh, came from you, was the, was the garden makeover uh, program to 
give back to, to frontline workers, frontline heroes, really, uh, across the province. Um, you've been a big part of that. Why was it important to, uh, to be part of that program? Well, we, as a group, we wanted to do something to communicate to the province our gratitude. We talked about some, you know, uh, tribute gardens. We talked about how we could demonstrate our, our value to society and our professional uh, value. And, uh, and this idea at the time, especially uh, where the frontline workers were at most risk, they were giving the most time. We had health workers who were staying in hotels to keep their families safe. It was, it was, uh, it was a very scary time. And uh, our profession was out working at 100% by this point. You know, we had been given the opportunity to work as a industry and uh, when much of the economy was still locked down. And we wanted to obviously demonstrate our gratitude to the Ontario government, to Ontarians in general, but we wanted also to uh, highlight the value of our industry by creating these like a wellness space you know with the uh, the idea that gardens support mental and physical wellness was just another aspect of our of our uh, industry that we thought we could demonstrate with this program and uh, and then credit to you obviously you have been able to promote this program uh, to highlight our our industry and we got a lot of social media traction with it. And it was, uh, I think we got over a thousand submissions for the garden makeover program and, uh, and the, uh, and the gardens that we've been building have been fantastic. It's been truly amazing. Yeah. What uh, volunteers like yourself have, have, have done uh, for these uh, 10 projects uh, really from all across the province, from Amherstburg near near uh, Windsor to Ottawa uh, to Aurelia, and everything sort of in between, um, and uh, it's been really amazing to see. And if, if uh, anybody listening hasn't hasn't seen it yet, if you if you just search uh, Landscape Ontario slash uh, Hero, you can see um, some of the uh, projects that have been done. Um, it's been really really cool to be a part of. So. Definitely thank you and, and all the other Landscape Ontario volunteers for, for giving back uh, so thoroughly um, in such a really neat way. Uh, another uh, project you're involved with is uh, Green Cities Foundation. Um, and there's been a, uh, a garden project, a, a landscape project in Hamilton. Uh, could you tell us well, a little bit about what's going on there? So the Green Cities Foundation is a initiative from the Canadian Nursery Landscape Association, the CNLA. And they have a mandate to bring green space to communities. And uh, they have a lot of uh, corporate support. And uh, there are some big names that have donated a decent amount of money to help bring that message of horticulture to needy communities. And the one in Hamilton in particular is in a, is in a, uh, I guess a 
resource deficient neighborhood. And we just talk about, you know, green space and park space. And it is in downtown, this area of downtown Hamilton on Barton Street is particularly hard hit with uh, issues around, uh, you know, community health and uh, and poverty and uh, bringing this improvement to that community is immensely uplifting for the whole community. And, uh, and I, I, I mean, I truly believe that I have that power to, to if I can lift the, those with the least access to green space, that it will help the entire community more than anything else I can do. So it's, and it's, and it's really not that much of my time either. I mean, I've had, uh, I mean, what do I, I spend maybe 10 hours if I go work there for a day, I might spend a couple of days there. I might do, you know, in in the grand scheme of things, um, maybe I'm spending 1% of my time or 2% of my time giving back to the community. So it's really not a burden for me, but it makes such a huge difference to those people that wouldn't be able to get access to this green space otherwise. Absolutely. And if anybody uh, that's listening wants to, to see more, I mean, they can search out Green Cities Foundation, uh, the website. Also, um, Landscape Trades Magazine is going to have a story on uh, the second phase of that St. Matthew's House uh, project in our uh, December, January issue. So uh, look for it there. Um, and uh, it's, as you said, it's, it's, it's really amazing to see, um, you know, landscape professionals like yourself giving back uh, to make a difference in a community through horticulture and, and green spaces. Um, so it's pretty, pretty awesome to see. Um, with that, and you sort of started touching on a little bit, but I'm curious, you know, you, you, you're involved with LO, uh, the task force with the garden makeover with Green Cities Foundation, <laughs> just uh, the sector, the contractor sector group, the board. Uh, how do you balance um, your, your business uh, with volu- and, and obviously personal and family life with volunteering? So uh, in, with full disclosure, it's not always in balance. So there are some times where it is overwhelming uh, and it is, uh, but it's about prioritizing what's important. And uh, obviously, you know, family time is critical and having that work-life balance is critical. Uh, part of the reason why George and I grew our company from, you know, the two of us in a truck with a couple of employees to a company. Now we have eight crews working was to help free us up. So we weren't chained to the job site and that progress of becoming a more professional operation led us to, to understand that we can continue that to the point where I'm not even needed in the office. So our goal is to be the least important people in the office. I have staff that can do everything I do. I can be there for coaching and support. And, uh, and that frees me up. I can take care of, I can do a grocery run in the middle of the day if I have to, because I've got everything taken care of and I don't have to be on the tools. Uh, but that means that I'm also available in the evening to meet with a client. Like I've, I've, I just, I understand what the 
priorities are. And I make sure that I value first, obviously my family, I value the business and making sure that my staff are working effectively. And then I can, I can schedule spare my, all those spare hours now in the day to help with, you know, we've got, I'm doing work. I'm the incoming chair for the landscape Canada committee at the CNLA as well. So that comes with a whole host of responsibilities. Um, and uh, so I'm doing a Canadian landscape uh, standards review this weekend. And, uh, but I'm going to be doing it at the cottage on my, on my own time. And it's, and I have to schedule this stuff and, uh, and prioritize. And I don't get everything done every day. You know, I have, if it's important and urgent, I take care of it right away. That's a task I have to do today. If it's important, but not urgent, I can delegate it to one of my staff. You know, if it's, if it's urgent, but not important, you know, I can delegate that to my staff. And if it's not urgent and not important, I don't have to do it at all. Like I just, you know, and that's the Eisenhower matrix, the decision matrix. And if you, and if you understand how it can be applied to your, to your, all those tasks that you have on your to-do list every, every day, it gets much easier to get all the important things done. And the stuff that is important doesn't have to get done to be truthful. That's, that's really interesting. Um, and I, I know a lot of, um, you know, not just landscape professionals, but a lot of small business uh, people uh, that can, that can definitely learn from that sort of mentality and uh, that, that path that, as you said, it's, you know, it's been 35 years. Um, and, and as you said, that first number of years, it really was you and George with a truck and, and on the job site, but you've evolved over the years. Um, and I'm sure there's a lot of small business owners, uh, business owners in general that, uh, that could learn from that and, and seek to emulate that type of evolution. Is there anything, Peter, that, that we haven't touched on that, that you'd like to, uh, that you'd like to mention? Well, I guess the, uh, the process of, of continual improvement is really what's guided us to this point and allowed me the freedom to, you know, give back to the community. And it's, and I think that's maybe the most important message and not everyone will end up going on the same path I did, but the idea that you can change your current position you can move from wherever you are now to where you want to be if you are willing to make small incremental steps and, and to be you know, open-minded about some new ideas. And that was sort of the epiphany that came to us um, after those first eight years of head in the sand work. But we realized that there was a tremendous amount of potential. It wouldn't be easy to get there or fast and uh but continual improvement and that's the japanese uh, have that term kaizen which is essentially the continual improvement and uh and that, that i think has been the guiding principle for us for the last 20 25 years maybe and uh and we understand the the value fix fix your own house first and then you can start helping others and uh and that has been uh very rewarding for us. 
Well, I really certainly appreciate you uh, taking the time to to chat about your your uh, your experience in business, uh, your experience with Landscape Ontario and Green Cities Foundation. Actually, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention you're going to be speaking at uh, the Congress conference. Can you tell us what's uh, what's coming up in January? So I do a fair number of speaking engagements where we talk about the the power of communication, specifically my, my focus at this talk will be the power of communication with your customers and, uh, and how all of those touch points can add value to your service. And, uh, and I'm going to talk about some of the techniques I use in my business to help customers understand the value of what we're providing and get them to open up their wallets for that value. And I think a lot of a lot of uh, business owners love learning about how to get some more money out of their clients and value and respect for the work that they do. And uh, George is also doing some speaking, mm. and he his focus is uh, substantially on operational improvements, how you can streamline your business, and uh, and those and and by by presenting at these conferences, it, uh, it goes a long way for us as well in helping us improve our businesses. For sure. Yeah. So the, co- the Congress conference, uh, it's January 18th to the 20th. Uh, both, as you said, both uh, you, Peter, and, uh, and George are going to be speaking. There's a, a really fantastic lineup. One of the benefits of it being virtual uh, this year is that there's speakers really from across Canada and really internationally as well speakers from the United Kingdom and, and really all over the place. So um, hopefully listeners will check it out. Uh, con- I think believe the website's congressredefined.com. So definitely uh, take a look at that. And uh, yeah, hopefully there'll be a, uh, a lot of folks coming to, coming to see you and you and George. And, and I think there's something like 40, 45 uh, speakers, as I said, uh, industry experts like yourself. So it's going to be pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, very excited to present there again, and uh, and I always love the opportunity. Well, thank you, Peter. I as I said, I really appreciate your time, your insight. It's uh, it's been really nice to chat, and I, I think uh, you know members of the Landscape Ontario community and beyond are going to get uh, a lot of uh, a lot of value uh, hearing your insights, and particularly on the value of uh, giving back to industry associations and uh, charitable causes. So, thank you so much for that. Thank you, Scott. It's a pleasure. Thank you for listening to Landscape Ontario podcast. We hope you'll subscribe to get a new episode every month.